Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Tavares here, and we have a special guest, none Wait, other than <laughs> the Safa Gray. Give it up, guys. Hey, guys. It's been a while. <laughs> Go ahead with your apology. No, I'm not apologizing. Oh, wow. Life is Guys, so I apologize for Safa's seven-month hiatus. And <laughs> no, she He's didn't so leave dramatic. because she was pregnant. Because you know girls, when they get off social media or something, that means they're pregnant. No, Safa just doesn't like talking to you guys. That is not true. That is not true at all. Cap. Don't believe what you hear. I will do a better effort to be more present. Uh, we don't want to hear it. Just be here. <laughs> So guys, um, it's late and I'm ready to end this podcast. Safa managed to get both kids sleeping and she's like, hey, I'm going to pop in and jump in on this podcast. After work and church and all of that. So, gollydating101book.com. Make sure you get that if you haven't done so already. And maybe it's uh, the discount has passed from Audible. We posted that Audible had it on a sale on Instagram. So if you did not see that, I'm sorry, still get it anyhow. So Safa decided to come in on an interesting week. Last two episodes, I spoke about how the church has failed men in the past. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about how the church has failed women. Um, hopefully, it's not a two-part. But if it is, then maybe we get Safa back a second time. So not a problem at all. I need to talk about women and attack you guys or something. So Safa's here to, to lighten the blow. But I'll start off with this. And if you guys haven't listened to the last couple of episodes, you need to do so. Um, so you don't get mad and, you know, comment, you know, hateful things because, you know, women don't like, don't like being attacked. That's what they call it. Or people in general. Because if you would have started with the, well, you did start with the men. That's my thing, though. I had to start with the men because, because if you started you know, with women, they're going to unsubscribe. Like, or they'd be like, why didn't you talk about the men? So I get it. I see it all the time. Yeah. Social media, you can't please everybody. But. The first thing I want to talk about um, is the fact that I don't believe modesty was taught properly um, growing up. And I'll let Safa mention a little bit about modesty, and then I'll I'll give my thoughts on why I said what I said. Yeah. So you can either mention what is it or how you were taught it or anything like that. I, I Modesty was always an outward thing. At least that's the way it was taught. Um, it was always how you dress. Not that it's not, but, you know, that was basically the main focus, the only focus. Modesty, not modesty of the heart, but just how you dress, how you carry yourself, um, which I do think that is a part of modesty. But there's a bigger part. Um, is your heart modest? Because you could dress, we could dress all we want in, you know, the longest skirts and the most covered up clothes. But if we're not, if our heart isn't there, if our heart isn't modest and we're not you know, living like Christ in our minds and our hearts, then it, it's pointless. And that's how it was always taught to me. It wasn't until I got much older and I started to really seek God for myself. Much older? So you're saying you old? Simple question. I'm not even going to answer Simple question. <laughs> yeah, but as, as I started seeking God for myself, I started to realize what modesty really is. So. Yeah, I really thought she was only going to answer with um, what she was taught. And, um, and she decided she was going to preach. So oh, Lord. <laughs> isn't it sound like somebody who should be on a podcast Listen more up. often? Mm. And in my, in my opinion, you know, cause people are tired of me. I'm tired of hearing me speak. I'm not tired um, of you. Good for you. Um, <laughs> you're not fooling nobody. But first Timothy two, nine, nine through 10 says, and I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. 
For women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attractive by the good things they do. So, like um, Safa mentioned earlier, that modesty was typically something that was always about close. Right. And this is the verse, you know, those are the verses that we always draw to. But it's like they always focus on what you're wearing and ignore the, the next part where Paul literally says, make yourself attractive by the things that you do. Mm -hmm. In other words, your lifestyle should make you attractive. Right. Unfortunately, we've mastered the art of looking churchy, mastered the art of looking quote-unquote modest, fully covered. You know, if you're from where we're from, you see the skirts, you see the suits, you see the ties, you see the Sunday best outfits. But even after all of those things, people aren't modest in their heart. You know what I mean? So it's like we were taught modesty, and it's good. You know, there's nothing wrong with dressing the way you dress. Um, I, I believe it was one time, I think we were in college, and then, you know, it was kind of a culture shock because main Christians you knew were the ones that went to your church. Then you met, you know, Christians at college, and then you saw some stuff, some women wearing some stuff, and I was just like, ain't no way she's a Christian. Impossible. Because look at what she got on. Right. Because <clears throat> my mindset of modesty was about how long her skirt would be right. or how is his arms all out or, you know, so, and I'm not saying any of those things God isn't focused on, but the problem is we always focused on the, the outside and not realizing modesty was something that mattered about the inside. Right. So unfortunately, I think it's, it's a huge problem because most people, we know exactly what to do to seem spiritual. You know what I mean? But then our lifestyle still trash you know, and even when you're wearing your suit and your all those things, you can still be immodest because the Bible makes it clear that it shouldn't be based off the fancy clothes or the expensive clothes. I had a minister friend tell me, it's crazy how these ministers will, will judge somebody because they're not in a suit, they're in jeans. However, you're in a $700 suit. Right. So technically, what part of that is modest? You know what I mean? Because it seems attention-seeking. You know, it seems like you're trying to prove a point that you've arrived and the show is about you. So I think Paul was really trying to tell them what you're wearing should draw attention to God rather than drawing attention to you. And unfortunately, and you know, I'll let Safa speak after, but unfortunately, I think, especially women, there's a huge, uh, from from my perspective, from a male perspective, it looks like women are always doing things and they'll say, I'm not doing this for a guy's attention. Most times, us men, we think they're doing it for women because mm -hmm. we don't care as much as they do. But it's like you're doing something to get affirmation. Because if someone didn't tell you you're beautiful or the guy that you like didn't see you in it, you might wear the same outfit all over again because you need somebody to notice. You know what I mean? So it's just like I feel as though a lot of women, yeah, they may have on the right outfit, but they wore the it right, wrong it. motive. Right. One thing we really need to know about kids is how creative they are. When I was a child, I loved you know, putting hands on with things. That was a way for me to learn quickly. And I really believe that's the the way my son learns. Um, but when I was a kid, you know, I'd be happy with like the tree house we had in the backyard or building stuff with my dad. And Kiwi Co, who thankfully is sponsoring this episode, they believe that every kid is naturally creative and curious and that hands-on experiences build creative confidence. And this is something I'm getting from my son. So he's turning five, surprising him. We have something coming in from Kiwi Co. So I'm not recommending anything that I wouldn't be um, using for our children as well. But this is created by 
you know, people that are experts in these areas with creating different fun activities to get kids learning. Because with the kids starting school, you want to make sure that they're being highly engaged. Um, so mine is going to be just building a little project, whereas probably building dinosaurs since that's his favorite. But if you are a parent or you have a younger brother, your younger sister, whether it's in your house or at church, it is very important that you make sure that you get them hands-on projects away from their cell phones because it stimulates their mind in order to grow as, um, you know, as individuals create the, you know, different creative juices, get that flowing in their minds. So that's something I definitely recommend. I'm going to hit you guys back soon and let you know the results of when Zion gets this for his birthday gift. Uh, but my desire for you all is to redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at KiwiCo.com slash godly. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com slash godly. <clears throat> I agree. I've, I've been there. I'm not going to lie. Um, well, but yes, sir. You know what? <laughs> you see how you're taking shots? Because I haven't been here in so long. But it's okay. I'm going to make up for it. But no, I, as you were speaking, I just thought of maybe the first time that I I really kind of understood what modesty is. Um, <clears throat> growing up in church, I remember there was this one young lady that every time a family member of her would go up to speak, they always made mention on, look how she's, you know, dressing, you know, as if like, you know, she is the standard based off of her outward appearance. Right. And, um, you know, that's how we should be looking as well. And, you know, time went by and she would go up there and do the same thing. And then one day I heard that this young lady, yes, she looked the part on the outside, but unfortunately she was living a life that she wasn't supposed to be living outside of church. And my heart was broken because as a young person growing up in church, a part of me was kind of upset with God. I'm like, you know, I just felt as though I didn't know what to believe. <laughs> I was upset because I'm like, okay, so we're supposed to be looking and dressing a certain way. And clearly I'm dressing and looking that same, that, that way. And we're expecting that other people who are looking and dressing the same way are living the same life that I'm living. We're supposed to be always, because I, I believed at the time that yes, the outward appearance kind of showed how we should be living. That was a depiction of how we were on the inside. Right. I thought we were all living for Christ. I thought that, you know, we were this all... This was Safa's first experience to realize that church has hypocrites. I was a child. <laughs> you know, I was, I was young. I was I was a kid. But I really was just, Bruh. I was taken aback because I'm like, okay, so we're not all, um, you know, so we're not all living the way we should. We're putting on this facade on the outside, but our hearts are nasty. Our hearts are dirty. And for a moment, I was just like, I felt alone. I, I genuinely felt alone. But then I had to realize, like I said, when I started discovering God for myself and reading the word, that we judge people by their outward appearance, but God looks at them from the heart. And that's where we have to start, from the heart. Um, we put so much emphasis on this outward appearance, but it's a heart matter. And and my one thing about that, um, Safa knows I like to, I don't want to call it, Play, I'll just say play advocate, you know. Um, but unfortunately, we love the, I, I don't want to say I'm playing, a, you know, the devil. But we always talk about how, stop focusing on people are wearing. God is looking at the heart. But God says, you know, I think through, I think it's Samuel. And it's like, for man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And we always use that to talk about, you guys are going overboard with this legalistic approach. Right. But unfortunately, 
I think we miss what God was also saying in that. Yeah, he sees the heart, but no one else sees the heart. Everybody else sees what you got on. Right, they see that so, first. So you could say, oh, I'm modest in my heart. <laughs> yeah, but the boy down the road think you have an OnlyFans account because of mm -hmm. how you dress. Right. The, you know, like, it's not even disrespect or it's not even throw shade, but a lot of women are just like, man, the guys in the church only want sex. Um, For one, that's not true. That's not every single um, every single male inside the church. Right. All of them are not only pursuing you for sex. And if they do want sex, that means they're normal. But all of them are not willing to push your boundaries. It's probably a guy thinking, man, look how she dressed. She might right. be easy. Mm -hmm. So it's not a matter of trying to throw shade on you, sis. Because there are some guys in the church. We we as males just need to get our act together. Right. You know, it's not to do. It's not you. If you could be in a blanket and some dude is still going to lust. But the issue is... You don't give them something to lust after. If you're adding fuel to the fire, don't tell me well, I'm modest in my heart, but I need to be in my thong bikini on Instagram because I, you know it's for my aesthetic. No, it's not for your aesthetic. It's for your perverted spirit that you need to repent of. Um, you know, I'll let Safa be nice and I'll just, <laughs> I'll just let God um, try to help me. But get off of Tavares' soapbox and I'll just leave you with this verse before we go to our next point. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Don't you realize... That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. So imagine Safa has a sister. Basically, well, they're, they're close to the same size. Basically, the height is the same, weight probably a little bit different. And that's probably only because Safa had kids. You know, they're, they're basically the same person. You probably would have mistaken them for one another um, at some point. If Safa decides, I'm going to let my sister borrow my dress. When Safa gets her dress back, her white pretty dress, and it's brown with coffee stains on it, and it looks like her sister just played in a football game, she's going to look like, I mean, I'll let you borrow it, but this seems a little disrespectful, right? Mm -hmm. That's fair to say. Right. I'll let you borrow something that I value and you, you didn't value. But my thing is, the Bible tells us that we don't even belong to ourselves. Right. You belong to God. So technically, what I'm doing with my body, what I put on it, what I do with it, all of those things shouldn't be based off how I feel, what I think, what culture is saying. It should all be because is God okay with this? Right. And if we're not taking that approach, it doesn't matter what clothes you have on. It's not modest. It doesn't matter how, how sanctified you look or how sinful you look. If you're not consulting God and you're just worried about what social media looks like, I think you're missing the point. But another point I want to, uh, I'll let Safa start off with. I think the church has been failing um, women in terms of preparing women for ministry. Excuse me. I think a lot of women, they, I think in the church we view ministry, leadership, whatever it is, somebody who, who serves, somebody who does great things for the kingdom, we normally view it as a male. And I think that's, that's kind of odd. But what are your thoughts on the church preparing you for leadership or preparing you for ministry? Because I know you did a lot, but that was also because smaller church, mm -hmm. you know, but in general, from, I guess, what you can see from friends, um, your enemies. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it's a whole coffin bug that's been yeah. going on in our house for a few weeks. Uh, but what are your thoughts in regards to church preparing women to be um, in ministry? Yeah. Like you said, I grew up in a smaller church, so I had all the opportunity. I wasn't everything. But in larger churches, I do realize that they use males more often. You don't really see 
um, as many women, and I've been in a few churches since, you know, since, you know, military and all of that. Um, it's more so men, even though men are probably the least amount, like there are more women in a church. So I think that we could definitely do a better job at preparing women for ministry and just, um, allowing them to be used more than just, you know, in, in the daycare at church or in the nursery. Um, and then it also poses a question to me, do, are, are there women that want to be used at that capacity? Because, but. I'm going to cut you off. Mm-hmm. You're saying, are there women that want to be used that way? But I believe some women don't care to be used that way because they don't see other women used that right. way. That is true. I don't care to be the first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? get you. Yep. If, I, if, I, I, if my entire life I'm in church and I only see dudes doing it, what's going to... God himself is going to have to tell me to go do something because right. it's just the norm. So I guess my question would be, is the church not pushing them that way? Or do you think women don't care to do it. I think there's a little bit of both. Like you said, women yeah. don't see other women in church doing that. So they're not, they're not interested. I, you know, when I just sitting here thinking about what you're saying and thinking about how involved I was growing up and how I was interested in, you know, preaching and they would have little sermonette competitions and I would be so interested in that. And do I do any of that now? No, but also the places that I, I was also for kids. though. I was like a teenager. For kids. I mean, yes, but it was to prepare us. (laughs) So, so I don't know. I just feel as though I know, I don't really consider it or kind of put it out of the back of my mind that that could be something that I do in the future as far as preaching, um, in church, because I don't see it. I just don't see it. I see, I see more men up there. So I think it's women don't want to be, or they don't think that they could be used like that as well as church or not. Some churches don't even believe in women speaking. Mm -hmm. So then you have that. And then there are some churches who do believe in women speaking, but God forbid a woman go up there and speak, half of the congregation walk out. <laughs> so I just feel like there's just, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a little bit of both, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the woman preacher thing um, because I feel as though that's its own episode and requires too much research. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though a lot of people take those things out of context um, because there are women in the Bible who were used in leadership capacities. Deborah, yeah, she wasn't a pastor, but she was a judge. Technically, the judge was the leader of the people. Yeah. The pastor is the leader of the people. Then there's women like Deborah, um, uh, Priscilla, who's who was a married to Aquila, you know, the, in Acts, who was exp- uh, preaching the word of God, and then they expounded onto her um, even more perfectly, the Bible says. So it's very much possible for women to be involved in ministry. But I want to use this example, John 4, where... Jews don't even deal with Samaritans because they are viewing them like half-breds. They're not real Jews. You know, they're not real Gentiles. They're a mixed breed and they don't really fellowship with them. But in John 4, verses, uh, I start off at 26 through 30. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left the water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. So now we see a woman um, going through terrible, toxic relationships. She's all over the place. So many husbands with somebody that's not your husband now. Mm -hmm. And Jesus tells her all these things. And then he goes on to tell her, I am the Messiah. What does she do? Hey, come see a man who told right. me everything I've ever been through. That's literally what preaching is. Right. Hey, I don't have the answers, but I know someone who does. Right. 
if your pastor is not doing that, then you don't have a real pastor. Mm-hmm. Like, come see a man. Come find out about Jesus. That's literally the majority of what preaching is. I'm pointing you back to God. So if you're telling me only a man can do that, then that's foolishness. Now, when it comes to who's going to be the pastor of the church and who's in leadership and can women only speak to women and can they only work in a nursery and sing on the choir, all that type of nonsense, I'll leave that between you and God. (laughs) Because a lot of people who who have these debates, they aren't growing spiritually. They just want to prove how righteous they are and women need to keep quiet. But I feel as though those verses where Paul is saying are isolated and taken out of context. Paul is saying there are errors in the church. Those women need to keep quiet. Clearly, you're disturbing the church. He did not say it in the East Church. And then, obviously, no one is going to tell somebody to be quiet unless there's an actual issue. You know, so I believe that that requires people to study and realize on their own. Excuse me. But my point is, I believe women have to understand that their ministry is not attached to a husband. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel as though Facts. one I my, my idea of, you know, before I start talking to you, I realized how desperate Safa was for a man, you know, so I'll, all right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I am done. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, in my head, I felt like this is a woman who's involved outside of me. She's doing everything in her church, um, more than I think a person needs to do. And then whenever she's off to college, she's involved in another church, helping them grow while she's in Tampa. Wherever she is, she's trying to get plugged in and be involved in ministry. While Safa's thing is singing, Safa's a great singer. I'm sure she should be able to do more and is willing to do more. But my mindset is, is church preparing these women to realize you can be involved without me watching over you and you only being saved when you're inside the church and you're only being saved when sister or brother so-and-so are watching you. And it's like, to me, women are not getting that. Like a lot of men are told, go out, preach the gospel, win souls. And women are called to watch your two-year-olds with snot bubbles in a nursery. Mm-hmm. Like that, to me, that's not, you're not preparing a woman to, to be who God called her to be. So that's why I feel as though women have to learn that, you know, their calling is, well, God gives every person a calling. Right. We told Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So he knows what plans he has for a woman. And she doesn't need a man in order to validate her. Because there's a lot of women who do nothing single. when If they marry the right man, they're on fire for God. Right. But mm-hmm. but if, what if they don't? Now they're just in church or leave church, you know. So, what are your thoughts on? I guess all of my rambling or something. No, I I agree. I think you shouldn't wait to start to be married, you know. To <clears throat> I'm sorry, to find your ministry or to do something for God. Um, don't wait on a husband, like Tabari said. Um, <clears throat> just be active. I always go back to the story of Ruth. Um, your your future husband should be able to catch you in the field doing the work of God. Hmm. Working, um, not twerking. The way he said. <laughs> or so, working while you're twerking. Wow. But, <laughs> so I, I totally agree. I think um, we just live in a, a society that, um, you know, pushes relationships, whether it's marriage or just relationships in general. And if you're in church, you know that the end goal is not just a relationship, it's marriage. And so... A lot of times that is our goal what, because of what we see on in the media, on um, social media, even from our friends. You know, they paint this pretty picture of what relationships um, should be. But the truth is, if you do wait till you're married or wait till you're in a relationship, you have so much more responsibility and it's yeah. not as easy. That's that's kind of where, you know, I've found myself um, quite a few times. Like, I have kids. <laughs> it's not as easy to just get up and 
you know, just be involved as I want to be in ministry. And so you'll find that. So just to be, at the end of the day, our, our main purpose is to serve Christ and do that in every aspect of your life and not just wait till a man comes along or a woman comes along. Well, we're, t- we're, we're talking about women right now. So yeah, a man comes along. Yeah, stay on them. <laughs> they need it. So I agree. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, I don't know about where any of you have been in your entire lifetime, but I remember I was at a low point once, and that was probably mainly after getting out of the military because I was so used to structure that I felt as though my life was in shambles, really, when there was no order going on. Um, But talking about it and not just like hiding in my cave got me the type of help that I needed. And I believe a lot of people, they want help, but they don't know how to reach out. And if you're one of those people, I honestly think you should give therapy a try. And if you're considering it, BetterHelp is definitely the best option. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp because a lot of times you're doing things alone and that only makes the situation worse. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Godly today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Godly. You don't have to go through your struggles alone. They have someone that can help you. Yeah, and the last thing I mentioned, and I won't get into too much detail, I'm trying to keep all these episodes under 30 minutes now, but I don't think the, ter- the church is teaching women enough about how to be wives and how to treat their husbands. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that because um, personal experience, because I'm good, thank God. Uh, but there's a lot of people that wives are not, women are ready for marriage. Women are ready for a wedding. They're not ready for marriage. Let me say it that way. Or... You know, it's so much buildup around, when are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? But they're not really preparing women for all the nonsense they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I literally spoke to someone today dealing with so much nonsense in their marriage. And it's like, all I could say is, man, I wish you knew that prior to getting married. And they did know it. Yeah. So why wasn't church pushing them to realize you don't jump into something until certain things get fixed? You know what I mean? And unfortunately, I think that's the pattern. And, you know, there's a lot of women... Who I'm gonna respect him when he shows me love. And obviously the men would be the opposite. I'll love her when she respects me, but we're talking about women now. But unfortunately, all it does is repeat the toxic cycle. Right. He's not gonna love you because he feels disrespected. He's not gonna show care if he if you every time he's rude, you lash back out. And I'm not saying this to, hey, I will never endorse some type of abuse or something, but I'm saying to be the wife God has called you to be, Paul said in First Corinthians seven. Hey, you might be married to an unbeliever, but it's your actions that'll win them. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, if you don't have the actions of a good wife, a godly wife, then you, you're just a woman that attends church. You know what I mean? So what are some things, I guess, I can ask you to say, what did church do to help you prepare for marriage? Or did they not talk about enough in marriage? Or is it something you just learned on the fly or from other couples or something? Growing up, they didn't say anything. <clears throat> genuinely and then no shade I yeah. absolutely love where I grew up but they didn't talk about it it was just not just not mentioned and I think it was just culture as well just the culture that I grew up in the the, the Jamaican <laughs> unfortunately they don't talk about stuff like that sometimes uh, but um, I just learned kind of on the fly I learned from obse- observation from not just um people at church because they Mm -hmm. had great relationships. A lot of the people that were at my church were married, you know, 50 
60 years. I had great That's examples. Why. My That's parents why. were also married that long. So I knew... I saw them, and I and that's how I that's how I was able to learn from the people around me. Not everybody has that experience, unfortunately. They don't have uh, that kind of community around them. You you have parents who've been married forever, and you've learned how to treat. I didn't say forever, because that's true. Yeah, it's been a minute though. <laughs> They've been married oh, like thirty five or so yeah. years. They've been married a long time, so <clears throat> just learning. Um, but I do I do believe that it should be there should be some way to kind of uh, bridge that gap and just have that conversation because. There is there is so many singles events at church. Singles go out and they meet up for this, but I guarantee like half of that stuff is not being taught. Yeah. So and unfortunately, a lot of times when married people meet up, ours is just a meetup. It's not necessarily helping me become a better husband. It's just connecting. Right. And connecting is good. The Bible mentions fellowship is a part of the apostles' doctrine. You have to fellowship one another. You have to stay connected, but you have to also train people how to be godly. Um, Titus two. Three through five says, similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. You know, so for one, Paul is saying, first of all, uh, in the verse prior, he addresses the, the men. Older men teaching younger men. And, and it's like, now he's saying, now the older women need to live in a way that pleases God. If older women aren't pleasing God, they can't teach younger women how to right. do it. So mm-hmm. obviously we have to start there, you know. But it's the fact that once they're doing what they need to do, they're going to teach the women beneath them to do what they need to do. And those women are going to be able to have healthy marriages because of the instructions they were learning from the older generation. Mm-hmm. And that's part of our problem, I would say, as well, because young people don't like to listen. You yeah. know, they tune out anybody who's not 30 and in skinny jeans, yeah. you know, but it tells them, it says, after you do all this, after you submit it to your husbands, after you're working in your home, after you're living wisely, you're being pure, it says, then you won't bring shame to the word of God. Yeah. In other words, if we're not doing those things, we are bringing shame to the word of God, plain and simple. We're learning how to be husbands and wives off social media memes. Mm-hmm. We're learning how to be um, wives based off we're learning, oh, I'm a high-value woman because Kevin Samuels had said, this is what I was supposed to do, or right. whatever popular podcaster, you know, and, okay, well, I don't have any kids, so I'm high-value woman. The nonsense that people talk about and try to determine who has value and who doesn't, it's insane. And then you have women that argue over, okay, well, what am I bringing to the table? Oh, 50-50, 100-100, like, you get into all these debates that have nothing to do with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important that we're having people understand the word of God and at the end of the day, discipleship, because discipleship is not something you can do online. You have to have people in your life that can speak to you, correct you, encourage you, point things out to you that you may not see that you need to learn from. And I just think there's a lot of things that women are supposed to be, um, wives are supposed to be, but they don't get it because their their sources it's not rooted in the word of God, but it's rooted in everything else. Mm-hmm. The way I interpret the scripture that um, that you just mentioned, <clears throat> where it says, you know, it says they must train the younger women to love their husbands. The way I read that is that the, the younger women are already married, you yeah. know, so they have that conversation after the fact. And it makes me wonder if that is why 
churches don't necessarily have that discussion with, or, you know, it's, there's a issue with a young women in the church, not really getting that. Um, they're not really taught that because not everybody's going to get married. So if you had, you had to bring a whole bunch mm-hmm. of young women together and, you know, have this conversation and teach them, what mm-hmm. if some of them don't get married? Like God didn't promise all of us that right. we would get married. So, you know, it's just a, it's just a, I don't want to say a sticky situation, but it's, I see where it would be like, I, I guess I can understand why it was, why it hasn't been taught really to, to, to be a wife. Because how do you know if God even promised the woman that you're talking to as an older person that they're going to get married, that we should all prepare, you know, right, I think right, to right, be, right. to be a, just, just teach them, of course, things that are, I don't know, just practical you know, that will help them as they, as they get older into womanhood and stuff. But to, I don't know. I get, I know, I get your point, especially with that verse. Um, so maybe I could use a better example, but there was a quote, I won't say his, his quote was biblical. It sounded good. It went viral a few times, but John Gray was talking about before a woman even gets married, she's not operating the spirit of girlfriend. She's oper- She's already a wife before. You carry yourself that way. And I thought, bro, what are you talking about? What is the spirit of girlfriend? Because I have no idea what we're, we're just inventing spirits at this point. <laughs> but I thought he made a solid point. Whereas before you get married, you already show the characteristics of a, a married woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now when it's saying teach them to love their husbands. Yeah. Well, I know you'll love your husband if you're respectful to the other men in church. Right. I know mm-hmm. you'll train your children wise. If you're, if you are helping a young people grow into who they're called to be, I know you'll be able to submit to a, a godly husband if you're first able to submit to God. Like, so, so I get your point. I probably should have used a better no, example. I, I'm just, no, not no, to I, say, I don't think you were trying to debate I just it. think it, 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 it's just that everything you can't talk about with single people to, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're just, or I don't know how to phrase it really. I, I think that's also not true in a sense. And I'll say this in regards to this. There was a, I won't say her name because I don't know if you guys know her don't know her, like her, or don't like her. But there's a social media um, person, I think her page is cool, and she mentioned, there's no way you guys are going to tell me, wait for marriage, wait for marriage, wait for marriage. Um, the marriage is honorable, the bed undefiled, and then when I get married, I can't talk about sex. I'm not talking about anything inappropriate. I'm just saying, like, I'm glad I get to have sex with my husband. Mm-hmm. People will look at her post and look like, oh, are you doing too much? Stop, stop sexualizing things. And it's like, what is she sexualizing? Right. Sex is a gift from God. And we've allowed the world to throw it in our face all day and night. Whereas now we should be celebrating the beauty of a marriage and um, sex and marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel as though even if I'm a male, you're a single male, and I'm talking like, man, sex is amazing, bro. Like, bro, I, I know how I may feel all that. But when you do when you're married, I don't believe that's me telling this kid, Oh, go out and do something. Let me let me see what Tavares is talking about. No, I believe that's letting them know, man. If he could wait, then I can. Or right. he's telling me the beauty behind the wait. Right. And that's something that we're not comfortable doing. We'll tell our married friends like, oh boy, that, you know what I mean. But it's like single people also need to understand that they're not second tier Christians. Right. You know what I mean. So I think I think I get your point, but at the same time. We pick and choose who we help, and, and then unfortunately, there are a lot of people with so many questions, and they don't know who to ask. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. <clears throat> I only think of, <laughs> I only think of the young ladies that I've known growing up that 
they were, you know, mentioned, maybe people mentioned um, relationships to them and um, they've been planning for this marriage, you know, making themselves a better person and they're still single oh, at oh. 45. 40. 50. So, see it. It's, it's just, but I, I do believe it is important to have the conversation. Um, it's definitely important. And it, and we, and the church could prepare women uh, um, a little better. Yeah, I think, and ladies, if you even listen to the end of this thing, please don't get upset by some of the comments we're saying, because the men got insulted first. Um, mm-hmm. But truth be told, all of all we're doing is pointing out things that may have went wrong in the past. That doesn't mean that your church is not doing all these things now. And that doesn't mean your church can't start. Maybe it takes you to get up and just like, hey, pastor, you don't do anything for us single people to prepare us. Like, maybe pastor look like, oh. Mm-hmm. let's start a series talking about right. that. Mm-hmm. You never know. So if you don't see the change, be the change, obviously. And there's so much more I can say, but I don't want to scare Safa away and keep her too long because I want to <laughs> try to get her back on. Um, but I want you guys, if you're listening, to pray for us because we're praying for direction in regards to um, are we taking a leap and just quitting stuff? You know what I mean? And we'll get into details at another time. Yeah. But, so, you know, some plans and we're just trying to figure out how God is it, you know, gonna help us navigate the season of school, work, children. Yep. All of it. Nonstop. Life so life much. Life. Yeah. Nobody's so. pregnant right now, um, <laughs> that we know of. But God is still good. Yep. We're still here and we're still praying for God's will to be done. So we love you guys. We do. Golly Dating 101. Suffer smile smile. Show these people this beautiful book. Wow. purchase she's real <laughs> but we love you guys you guys always rocking with us here till the end and yeah we'll see you soon so we'll get back to this and please just pray that i could manage to manipulate safa's calendar to try to steal her away for 30 minutes i think 30 minutes is doable i didn't tell her what this episode was about to be in i just jumped right she in. literally <laughs> i started the podcast over because she literally just jumped in so we're gonna do more of this love you guys peace peace